and we're live. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I was going to say the title, but I feel like everybody should have actually <laughs> by now. So, yep. Hello, Mark. Hi, how's it going? Yeah. Hi, good. Very good. Nice. Just back from college. Yes. And, and I just spent my day watching the film we're about to review. <laughs> well, not review, but talk about, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got a bit more insight on it now than I have. To be fair, yeah. me and Don, I've got pretty huge opinions on it last night we were just shouting each other oh great so, like, i love that kind of thing when it comes to films divisive yeah, yeah. it wasn't even divisive we we're both on the same page but we were really up in each other of who as <laughs> opinion was more <laughs> more vocal. valid yeah right <laughs> okay so i guess we should just say that we watched the film mother with an exclamation mark in case there's yep, another there's, one without it yeah there is one ah. i was looking up the uh, imdb page to find it there was another one called mother from a Probably only about five or six years beforehand. Really? So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's treading dangerously there, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. So, to anybody that's not seen it, I'm going to give you a wee quick rundown of what Mother is. So, Mother is about a young woman, Jennifer Lawrence, who spends her days renovating an old Victorian mansion that she lives in with her husband, who I can't remember his actor's name. Uh, Javier Bardem. Thank you. When strangers come and knocking on the door one night, he becomes an unexpected guest in their homes. Later, his wife... And two children also arrive at the house. And then horror ensues, apparently. I mean, like, the whole thing just goes from worse to worse, really. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So, I think, since you are a bit more fresh on it and yeah. whatnot, I think you should take us a run-through of what you thought. Okay. So, first impressions of, like, watching this is probably the most oppressive film I've ever watched. Yes. If you know what I mean? Like, I felt... I actually had to take a break an hour into it because I felt so like almost nauseous because of how how paranoid and kind of claustrophobic that entire film was made. Yeah. Did you get the same sort of sensation? Or no, actually I think I think this is we were probably on a very different page on this one. Mm. So what happened was when we me and Donna we were watching it because a lot of my opinions come from us two stopping it every two minutes shouting. <laughs> it was okay. Films on the Metal Wheel. I understand that. Yeah, yes. But their whole thing with that first guy that comes to the house mm-hmm. and their intrusion, that's the, you know, the maybe the low key part of the film. Yes. Was so fucking not real. Like, who acts like that with people? And we were really annoyed. We got, really, <laughs> we got so caught up in that that we couldn't see past it. We're like, no one does this. Who sits there and breaks someone's precious? And we object and then goes fucks another room. That's that, that's not how that works, right? So I mean, obviously, if you kind of break it down, like it's it's obviously like a lot of metaphors for different themes and yes. a lot of biblical stuff going on there. Yeah, because that's what we when you get to the kind of end. And anyway, just before we get into that, even more, we will be spoiling this film because it is oh, on the course. slightly newer side. So just in case of anyone who does want to watch it, because it came out yeah. in twenty seventeen, so it's still on that. Yeah, but there is there's that. literally no way to discuss the film without spoilers without it, yeah, because the content it, it doesn't really yeah. there's no content as such as you're just kind of watching yeah. unfortunate it's, events. Yeah, yeah, it's just almost like you don't get any context until the last ten minutes of what's happening. This like, and, and even then, your context just, is up to you mostly. Yeah, yeah. So if we'll talk about the first half, obviously, yeah, like because sure. it is split into two parts as such. Mm-hmm. There's the, you know, the the original invitation to these guests come in, and then there's the uh-huh. second half, which is the act, her going through pregnancy, 
and yeah. eventually having the child, etc. Yeah, the 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 Jesus part of it all, the very biblical yeah. kind of thing of so Jesus the, being born and sacrificed. And so things. if we get straight into that kind of thing, then like the the first half is obviously sort of Adam and Eve, if you put it that way. Like right. if we if we take like the main character because none of them are named, huh? so we've got yeah, yeah. mother and creator i guess he's a poet or whatever creative you know what? game yeah i think he was called him for a long time in it yeah because no one actually names yeah, each other known, yeah there was no yeah. known as him so which was quite cool if if you take them to be the characters of say like god and mother nature maybe right okay so okay. The, the first two people that come into their lives you can call them like adam and eve almost right. Okay. So if you take it from that kind of perspective from the Bible, that explains why he's always so forgiving. Because yeah, he's like he's like, Oh, these are these are mankind. I'm trying to be the best that I can for them. They're gonna mess up, they're gonna ruin everything. Whereas from Mother Nature's perspective, she's like, I created this whole place, this world, and you're destroying it. Like Oh my god, you've you've read that that's so much better than I have. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, yeah, no, me and Donna never got anywhere near the the biblical stuff until the second half so um so yeah if you take it from this kind of like as you say you've you got to the biblical part at the end like and you understood that the second half is all kind of like the end of days yeah. sort of thing but if you take that first half from seeing the second half and you look at it a different perspective you can kind of see that they are these these two characters who are he's he's always so forgiving of the other people that yeah. all the people that are coming into these world and destroying everything around them because that's kind of like the the metaphor for life we have right now yeah do you know what's you after you're explaining that it makes the film make so much more sense yeah it really does because see when when i was watching it mm -hmm. i kept trying to figure out what the point was that was the the, the weird the thing that was like because it's almost like a mystery at times where you go you know there's a supernatural element happening yes but then you don't know there's a supernatural element happening because you think maybe it's just her psychosis. Is this whole film yeah, yeah, yeah. just about her psychosis? Well, that's and where I, I think, think that's the major problem with me. this film is, is like it keeps drowning itself in mixed metaphors yeah. that you can't actually yeah. track what's properly going on. Yeah, it's like when the rug gets pulled from you, when you do click, like as you say, when you get to the end, you start realizing what a lot is about. Mm -hmm. But by that point, it's too late for you to really enjoy what you've watched beforehand because you're expecting some foreshadowing of what's happening and it never comes yes so because the film kind of almost ends after yeah. the first hour and then starts yeah. a new film kind of like yeah, we can call it old really testament and new testament if you really want yeah. to <laughs> you could really just take that as two separate entities yes because the way it ramps up in the second half you would never think you're watching the same film Oh, of course, because it, it literally dives full in psychosis. Like, yeah. the first half is like a very straightforward, well, being like a very obfuscated sort of film. Like, mm -hmm. you can understand it's still about people in a house and feeling uncomfortable. You could almost even yeah. call it like a, like something based around relationships almost. Yeah, because that's what I thought it was going to be. I really did think that was the point of the film, and it was her falling into madness because he is really open to people yes and almost as if he's so concerned with fame that he doesn't care about her that's what it, it had a lot of this going that he just he needed approval from everyone yeah and 
the more he searched approval from strangers, the more psycho- psychotic she got, and the more our, our reality started to split. Yeah, because he's distancing, distancing himself yeah. from her as it goes on. Yeah. Which is, if you think about it from like a like a creative person's standpoint, that's kind of how they that's their bread and butter is like suffering and all that kind of stuff helps them become mm-hmm. more like creative and come up with the right answers and push yeah. more. So it is obvious you watch that and you go, is this what this film's about? Because that's yeah. too much in the foreground to kind of like, it kind of hides the deeper message behind it. Yeah. And I, th- I think it, it had it a wee bit too well. I think that's where we got kind of frustrated with the film. Yeah. Because then see when the ramping up begins and that's like, it's not even like halfway. It's almost getting very close to the third act when that starts. It all just kind of kicks off and then goes. Yeah. It becomes so jarring that you're you're trying to figure out what's happening. Because right through it until the, her actually being pregnant, mm-hmm. what was happening there was I was going, she's just starting to go mad. Yeah. She's going mad and it's she's creating her own supernatural thing. And then she was actually pregnant, and I was like, "What? Yeah, what? Wait, what's going on?" Well, if you think about those scenes where she's uh, like goes up to the walls and is like leaning against them and kind of like seeing the heart of the house, I think that's to show that she's in tune with everything around her. That's the kind of like the the idea of her being Mother Nature in that sort of sense. Yeah, no, I I think that's exactly what they were doing. Again, I never, I never seen that right being explained to me. I'm getting it. I knew the heart had something to do with it. What our theories were a lot of the time was yeah. she died in the house. All right, okay. So you think that she was like, like the, an embodiment of the Yeah. The we house. thought it was all about him being a creator. Mm-hmm. And see, because the people never interacted with her the same. Like, almost as if she wasn't really there a lot of the time. Like uh-huh. They would just kind of ignore her and displace her and like, oh no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So what we thought when we were watching it was that could have been his mother, because we're because of the title, right? Oh, right, okay, yeah. That could have been his mother who died in that house, and as he rebuilt the house, he, he, she was the inspiration. Oh, actually, that could... she was actually the ghost of the house. That gives a lot of context to say the scenes where, like, you can tell that he doesn't want to have a sexual relationship with her. Yeah, because and if it, it was his mother, then that would explain a lot more, you know. I like yeah. I like where you're going with that one that that had merit to it. Yeah, because that that that's exa- that's the whole way through we, we were trying to figure it out. And we were getting closer and closer, and then the rug got pulled through and we went, oh, like almost like you're seeing a house haunting from the ghost perspective. <laughs> that's why everything was over the top because it's a ghost, right? It doesn't see reality the same. What was that film like, called that had that as the plot twist? I have no. Was it not? Um, the Bruce Willis film? No, 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 no. I'm thinking of the one that's like um, the the mother and her two kids, and they're in a house, and they keep seeing, thinking they're seeing ghosts and stuff. Have you not seen oh, this film? Yes, I have. Actually, was it like Signs? No, it's not Signs. I can't remember. No, that was about aliens. Yeah, but it was a very similar sort of like plot twist at yeah. the end, where it was like they were actually the ghosts being scared of the the actual inhabitants of the house. Yeah, that oh, was a great man. film. That's... I can't remember what it's called. I'm gonna have to go look it up no. now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's a shame because that was a good film. Yeah. But yeah, that that is that was our theory. Okay. Even right up to the madness happening of the war and the <laughs> the murdering of the people. See all that because we're going. They're getting the, the ghost is getting to the point where it wants people out. Yeah. So it's creating scenarios 
to try and like almost as if it's amping up. So yeah. where we're seeing loads of people, for her it's just her destroying the house or trying to destroy the inhabitants and get them out. Okay, right. It was stuff like that we went down that route until she well, was pregnant. That's the thing, it's like this movie is so open to interpretation throughout the entire thing because it never really gives you like a solid thread to grab onto. Yeah. Like it just lets you pick up. So that's why most of the time I was thinking about like the the two of their relationships was it like a, a metaphor for the dangers of giving your entire love to someone and then being left fully vulnerable and obviously when all these other people start coming in that's the vulnerability side and mm-hmm. then obviously the overly protective nature of wanting to save our child over anything else yeah it's like, yeah was a, we've took a completely different take on this film yeah that's, that's kind of mad it's really mad because it is super open it is like there is no real plot to speak of other than people come to a house and the woman gets really, really, really angry about them being there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even though story-wise, I wasn't a fan of this. It wasn't, it's not a film I would go out my way to watch again. Mm-hmm. I might watch it now to take it from a different angle now after the way that you you looked at it, just to see if I can see it that way. Well, but outside of that, I don't, it never clicked with me. I don't really know if there is actually a, a full like obviously explanation as to what is the true story yeah mm. see mm, see i don't mind a film that's slightly open-ended yeah kind of open but i feel that there was not enough of a cohesive thing going through it running through right so me at least that i couldn't get my head into it i think i got annoyed at it a wee bit too much when i was watching it because i couldn't figure it out at all oh right were you just too too much into the like actually trying to piece it together rather than just letting it happen well for me the annoyance came from uh, the way it's filmed actually like in a good way i mean i was annoyed Uh the entire first half because i felt so much frustration on like the main character's behalf and like Mm. the 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 way the the camera angles are shot they're always like yeah. super close to her face or just yes. over her shoulder so everything's uh-huh. kind of like this enclosed space yeah. that you feel it from her angle all the time exactly it's, it's again see that first half of the film mm-hmm. see if they ran with that more of like amping that up see with the guy getting killed and all the other stuff and yeah playing that and then actually just turn it into a weird psychological movie i think i'd have really enjoyed it i think the second half took such a departure Oh I yeah, it's I like, was annoyed at the beginning. It takes subtlety and that. just throws it out the window. It just yeah, hits it over the head. <laughs> yeah, because it's like the first half of it has, as you're saying, subtlety with camera and stuff, and mm-hmm. giving you this horrible feeling of hating these people here because you, you are not so much a viewer. You are basically Jennifer Lawrence and that whole bit. Oh yeah, you're not yeah. Meant to feel for them. You never see it from, um, the guy's perspective ever. It's always her perspective of it, so you're maybe on her side, and I kind of like that because when she was getting really pissy, mm-hmm. I was really pissy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. These fuckers need to get out of the house. Like, who does this? And I was getting really angry, and I was going, "This is going to set up a break between them, and then it's going to be actually about their conflict with each other." Which second half kind of just takes all that and just goes, "Nope, drop it. Let's well take this in a whole other direction." So the second half is a bit more on the nose. It's it's yeah. definitely about modern times and how like humanity as such has abandoned Earth and like basically yeah. trashed everything that we have on the planet. And if you take her as still the character of Mother Nature, her only response eventually is "fuck y'all, I'm gonna burn this entire place down." Yeah. So 
that could maybe be global warming if you think about it that way like just i'm gonna burn the earth and get rid of all of you and that's it there'll be nothing left Mm -hmm. and obviously that's in god's eyes would be the rapture and then he's like we'll just start again and rebuild the earth it's like we're, we're coming back to do this again yeah whether this version of you wants to be here or not because we need to find love. They need to be able to find love. Yes. And that's like, this whole thing of they need to learn to love us as much as they love themselves. Not yeah. worship us, love us. That, that's kind of like the, the difference but of the, it. But you the know? problem being that God himself has become so egotistical because he, he, lo- he loves the praise. He can't just see yeah. things in the right way. Yeah, he needs more. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be enough. So he will always let us start again. Yep. Because like, I kind of like the way you treat me. I like the way you fear me and love me and everything in between. Yep. So it creates a really weird, weird dynamic of, but they're bad for us. Why <laughs> do you keep them coming back? And he's like, I don't care. Yep. I mean, because it, I don't know, it resonates a lot with me. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm there with the Mother Earth character, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay. I feel like her perspective is quite quite valid throughout the entire thing. Um, oh, no, no, I, yeah. it really is. It's like, they do a good job of um, actually getting you to sympathize with her. Like, she is, you empathize with everything that she goes through. And again, I think using the house and the first half, okay, the big, the big bit for me was the first half was you got on her side straight away. Yeah. It was only when the, the baby, when she got pregnant, and then you start realizing that she's that kind of possessive thing starts coming into it and yeah. stuff with her, where you're meant to not like it as much. But yeah, because obviously that shows happens. her flaws rather than just the the creator guy's fault. Yes, and exactly. Stuff. Because you see that she's super precious over what she has created, whereas he's kind of super precious over what he's created, which is obviously yeah. his, his followers and fans and stuff. Because it's like when you think about it now, actually on reflection, like he writes a poem. He writes a poem about love, and it's like basically the love of god it's the equivalent of he wrote the say like when people think about the bible getting wrote he was he gave words to us he gave yeah. everything and people worshiped them for it it's almost like yeah, they purpose. wanted to do that very much yeah on yeah. the nose that right we are going to love you and then the cults is our version of religion but to the extremes and stuff yeah it's a because also the, See, now the, it's an interesting talking study point now. Yeah, it's gone. It's, it's gone a bit the, too deep for our normal aspect. Yeah, but, I, but that's the thing. It's I would have liked this done, but maybe I just think the film itself, pacing wise, was so off. Yes. Even though it's really interesting now on discussion, mm-hmm. it I feel like it it needed to pace differently. Yeah, but as you because there is a split between old and new. Yeah, feeling when it I comes felt to it. The, the pacing in the first half was. I felt. Did you feel the kind of breakneck speed of all the edits? Yeah, I felt quite yes, dis- I did. disjointed by it. It was sort of like scene, scene, scene. Let's go. Yep. Like next part, next part. It didn't, never gave uh-huh. anything room to breathe, which I think kind of lend itself to that sense of uncomfortable, like uncomfortability yeah. that I had when watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that first half gave. A really good sense of that and i feel like if they kept that uncomfortable tone yeah and just lent into that more instead think, of the even all if, out mania that is, yeah, yeah i think we could have kept doing that but just do it yeah. subtly i think that film feels like in a writing session where people aren't going to get this you need to wrap you have to make it obvious 
That's what the third act felt like. Kind of, yeah. But it, it may just be a case of like, because have you watched a lot of Aronofsky's other films? No, I Gen- have not. Generally, they're all quite like open-ended and allowing interpretation and, and stuff like that. But I kind of yeah. feel in this one, he was it's just got to a point where he's like, you know, screw it, I'm just going to force this down your ah, throat. He's a frame of a dream. Yeah, I yeah. I've seen some of the films because I've seen uh, The Foundation. Right, okay. The fountain. The fountain. Yeah, fountain. The fountain. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen The Fountain. I really enjoyed The Fountain. I thought that was a really good film, actually. I really enjoyed that. The one that's, is it three or four stories? I think it's three stories total over three different timelines, but they all come at the same point yep. of death and almost like rebirth. Mm-hmm. So you've got the, because um, it's Hugh Jackman plays three different people. So he plays one person who is wife's dying. He plays a conquistador looking for El Dorado. And then he plays a monk under a tree floating through space. Yeah. And every one of the films about his death. Yep. About some point of him finding himself through death. Yeah. The monk transcends. But it's kind of like a the, it's like a coping mechanism almost, isn't it? Yeah. The stories they're kind of like yeah. dealing with grief and all that kind of thing. Yeah. It's been so long it's since I've seen that one, but like I remember it being same. like really, really profound, quite good. Hey, bloody, he done the wrestler in Black Swan. Yeah. Oh, so forgetting the up. Black Swan, like it, yeah, I I like that film, but mm-hmm. because it's essentially um, a rip off of Perfect Blue. Oh God, yes, it is. It just bothers me because it's never really credited that it's no, no, it's, it's essentially it's the same fair. story as Perfect Blue, yeah. just removing um, J-pop star for ballet star. Yeah, I love. Perfect Blue. It's yeah. one of my favorite horror esque movies ever. It's so good. It's just so unsettling. It's mm-hmm. me and me and Donna are actually going to be doing that for our Halloween costumes this year. What are you going to be dressing up yeah. as the the alternative? Yep. <laughs> no, Where the tutu? <laughs> yeah, no. I am actually going to be the see like the the end. See where you got the end. Uh-huh. I'm going to be the 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 real person. And Don is going to be the actual body, right? At the very end, we're going to do that. That's going to be a couple costume, deep costume. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, and it's going to be cool because you only know it if you know it. One of those ones where, like, (laughs) yeah, we're going to be those hipster people. (laughs) What are you? (laughs) You're meant to be horror. I went. I am horror. (laughs) Yep. Just because you're not sophisticated enough to know the horror I am doing. Yeah, that film did some of the best messing up reality that I've seen in movies. Oh, a hundred percent! Like the way one it of the of, best ones. Is, I guess you like a what you call it, like a unreliable narrative because it's told from yeah. the perspective of a person who's obviously losing their mind, but it's not yeah. necessarily because of like psychosis. It's because of manipulation and like. All these other kind of things, so it's it's like you can never tell what the actual reality you're watching is. I just think that's fantastic. Yeah, and, oh, it's done so well. Like one of the best ones is I think she's in the film studio, and it's normal film stuff around there with the cameras. Oh the yeah, the camera keeps slowly turning, and soon the cameras, and then it's the background is maybe a street, but then you go, is she actually on the street thinking that she's an actress? Yeah, or is she an actress? Who thinks he's on a street? <laughs> it was the same with the the rape scene and stuff in it. Oh, that's just like you, you can't it, tell if it's 
yeah. what's happening because then eventually someone yells cut and yeah and she's it's okay. really uncomfortable yeah oh it's, it's so uncomfortable it's, it's done so well yeah it's like it's one of the ones where I, i've never been one for see when you see things like in movies uh-huh. you know it's a movie you have that sense of this is a film it's not real well even in some of the most horrible scenes see when i watched that i was so uncomfortable in such a good way that and the thing is, it's an animation as well so like you've got yeah. that extra layer that you should be like disconnected nah, from the, but it somehow yeah, but, still drags you in I think it's just some of the small things, like her saying, I'm pretty sure she goes, you have to do more. It's yeah. No, it's not working, and like she leans into it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then the more she leans into it, the more that break of, like, wait a minute, is this actually happening? Yeah. Because the camera changes, and because it's animation, they can go a bit wild with the camera, and it works really well. Yeah. I think Perfect Blue, it, it hits that perfect balance for me, whereby mm-hmm. it's... It doesn't go too far into the whole like you know you've got to make up your own storyline sort of thing and it still keeps you wanting more out of the mystery yeah yeah I think it's, that... like, it's a good mystery film but it gives you closure yes it's not good closure because you realize mm-hmm. oh fuck that was a lot of bad things that happened to this person and she's never going to be fine yeah but it gives you a decent story i think sometimes when you have films that want you to question things and get your own interpretation They'll lean into that a wee bit too much would it take away the fact that you're a storyteller yeah you still it, need to tell some form of story it's a crutch essentially they're just yeah. using it to get out of telling a good story it's kind of like yeah. uh, what you were talking about with perfect blue how you don't know if it's a film or if it's real life like have you ever seen inland empire by david lynch probably not it's a no it's no I can't say I have. it's absolutely a 10 out of 10 unwatchable <laughs> right okay because it's it's filmed on like a handycam almost like a like a dv right. kind of like camera um mm-hmm. and it's about an actress going into a film and then that character who is the actress seems to be going into another film in the movie right. so okay. at any point you have no idea what version of these people you're even seeing anymore or what's even going on and things are just bizarre and by the end of it you're just sat there feeling kind of hollow not knowing what you watched <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> terry cruz is in it for a minute like, I'm like hey it's yeah. terry cruz <laughs> but i have no idea what i just watched an entire section of it's in polish and i'm just like <laughs> what is going on okay. yeah. Like, yeah see but... i don't mind bits in films like that yeah but with an explanation eventually mm. like, and I, I don't mind some questions left because it's good to leave some questions but it's that crutch of we don't know how to do an ending so we won't give you an ending and you make it up <laughs> sometimes when i'm just like it works for certain things like inception's ambiguous ending works because the whole film is all set up we're going what's real and what's not yes because we can make every dream feel real the, the best so part about that is it is a conclusion. Yeah, it's, you still get it because the conclusion is he doesn't give a damn anymore. Yes. He's with his kids. Exactly. But it's still it's still slightly open-ended of, but was he in a dream? It's like when you write that, like that. it's like having the end with a question mark on it. Like uh, yeah. it, it works out okay because you've got an yeah. ending, but you can still yeah. and talk about it, interpret it, think yeah. about what you like. But just having like absolute the... random nonsense for the sake of random nonsense is... Yeah. 
No. No. It's a big no. I, it's, it's, it's like having those films where the killer's eyes open up at the end. Go, <laughs> oh no, he's what still alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like Night Shyamalan do this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a shame. He used to do twists fine, and then he just kind of got caught up in them when he was kind of expected to do them. I yeah. That ruined it it's like bit. that a bit in The Simpsons where like Bart becomes famous for saying that one line. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, say the line. Say the line. Yeah. I know. Uck is a shame. But. Yeah. He's done okay now, like with Split and to an extension, Mr. Glass. Yeah, you know, yeah. Even though I didn't do it as good, but it was still decent enough. It's yeah. one of those things. It's hard to do a sequel to something that kind of psychological to suddenly we actually really do need to make this kind of like superhero esque. Yes, um, it's hard to do that, really, in my opinion. I've not seen that. What's it called again? The one that's the the combination of the trilogy. It's Mr. Glass. Is that one? Is it? And um, yeah, Mr. Glass is the combination of the three of them. Right, because it's like based it's split, uh, unbreakable, and Mr. Glass. Okay, cool. But Mr. Glass is based in uh, Asylum, is how they're doing it. Oh, so, right. And then it's about him being the supervillain, really, I think at least. And then that's that's the whole kind of point, and then bringing them together because you have to have the big conflict because he loves comics and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. It's pretty okay. it's pretty decent, but it's just again, once you went from split to suddenly, yeah, superpowers are real. Uh-huh. It, it it's hard to keep the that kind of level of connection because it went from a film that suggests superhuman abilities and um unbreakable. Mm-hmm. A horror movie. Just a horror movie. And then that it's 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 a, such a weird trilogy to watch. It's yeah, because it's, it... it's really disjointed, but it works kinda, I suppose. I feel like he just kind of fell off the wagon, as you say, like people constantly forcing him to make things he didn't really want to make. So it was nice for him to come full circle yeah. and make something that was just not a kind of twisty movie. No, yeah. no, no, I'm, I'm totally agreeing. That that's, uh, that's basically what that feels like, especially Split. Split just has a storyline from yeah. what I've... I mean, like, it, just, so. it kind of does have a twist in it that, like, it is actually something supernatural, and he's not just insane. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the mild twist. Even then, it's not, yeah, like, but... as... It's kind of like an episode of the X-Files, if you think about it. It's kind of like... Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Tombs? Was that the one? With the guy who could, like, dislocate his entire body and crawl through vents and stuff. Yeah. Like, he never really yeah, gave so. an explanation for it, but they were like... You could just do it. Like, what was it? It could have been something creepy, you know? Yeah. I quite enjoyed Signs, actually, mm-hmm. for him. I thought Signs was actually pretty cool. Yeah. The, again, it, his problem is endings. He finds it difficult to write a decent ending. Well, yes. he doesn't. I'm not going to say him, because I think we're putting a wee bit too much. Yeah, I don't even know if he actually that's... writes all these stories or if yeah. he just yeah, <laughs> directs them. I don't really know. Yeah. But I felt like that, that one had a problem with the ending. Mm-hmm. Like the whole the water thing and stuff which makes sense the why they went inland but then yeah that question of why do you come to a planet that's mostly water yeah if that's that's your big weakness but i kind of <laughs> like the, the the paranoia about all that and them being stuck in the house and almost being like conspiracy theorists almost yeah yeah that was like that kind of vibe to it all so kind of like cool. works with the like the audience almost like they're kind of sitting there the entire time trying to predict the, what the the big bad is and how it's actually going to manifest itself. It's that same sort of idea. Yeah. What was the the name of that reviewer that you really liked? Because we looked him up. We were watching him today. Oh, like uh, Mark Kermode. Kind of talk about it. Yeah. What was his name, sorry? Mark Kermode. Right. So, 
just on the note of all this, because we're talking about films and reviewing and stuff, uh-huh. we actually had a look into him today at college. That yep. was one of our classes today, was to look into him for writing reviews, mm-hmm. because we're going to be writing reviews for films now. Finally, we're getting around to it. Yes, and oh, you, cool. so you watch the pinnacle, and then you have to work your way backwards. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, because we were watching him, he done a series on genres, uh, genre movies, and explaining why they're good, why certain ones are good. So we did the one there. The one that we watched was coming of age movies. Okay, and he talked about the tropes, but in a good way. He never once said it negatively. He was going, "These are why these films are really good to watch." and what they're trying to do and why they're clever and why these ones are clever and why this one subverts the expectations and stuff. And it's one of the things I noticed is how passionately he really speaks about movies. Yes. And it's such an inspiration to watch a critic who isn't, it doesn't feel cynical. Exactly. I think that's the best thing because like, if you watch him review stuff like Marvel movies, he still reviews uh-huh. them as a proper product, even though deep down he's like, this isn't for me, and he knows that, but he still mm-hmm. tells you what's good about them and why people enjoy them. It's not like he, he's, yeah. he's never cynical about it in any kind of way. Yeah, which is really good. It's I think it's something, because we're jumping into this whole movie talking and slightly reviewing and having opinions in films, it's always good to let, um, well, for me, letting people know that we talk about it with passion and we talk about it from trying to see the good in it. Like yeah. mother was not my cup of tea. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy it, but mm. there is lots of good bits. And then when you're speaking to me about it, it's probably even more good bits. That I didn't even notice at first that I go, actually that was really clever. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's a good message to put out there that remember that f- stories and films, even though not for you, are still really cool bits of medium that someone's put heart into. Oh yeah, a lot of people have worked super hard on these projects. I mean, they might be derailed by making Michael Bay the director, but a lot of of people have... Oh, that was unnecessary! (laughs) You know know what I mean? No, that's that's, that's unfair. Michael Bay has made a few great films, and they're... How you love Pain and Gain? Oh, Pain and Gain, um, The Rock, like, I could watch these films over and over again. Con Air, like, but... You know, did he direct Pain and Gain? No, I think, I think he's he did. Producer. I think he hundred percent directed that because it's got his um standard, like you know, people walking out of a helicopter kind of stuff, the low yeah. spinning camera angles and all that kind of yeah. thing. Like just the rock, you having that that with the rock though. That's how you do it. It was Michael <laughs> Bay directed it because you know he just looks good at any angle, and I think because he did the low that low spin with him. Yeah. Yeah. Just standing in like a unicorn t-shirt or some dumb Christian t-shirt that he was wearing at this time. You're <laughs> yes. like, man, you've just made this look amazing. Oh, is, yeah, I just and, looked up. Michael Bay is the director. Yeah. Yep. Just had a wee nose of myself. Because I mean, what, what I'll give Michael Bay his, his credit for mm-hmm. his willingness to keep using practical effects. Oh, yes. Like explosions, explosions. Have you ever been to, where is it, Universal Studios where he has his raid? Nope. Nope. There's a Michael Bay ride and it's practical effects, but it gets like oh. it resets every time someone goes through. So it's like you've got um, explosions, there's like a dam breaks and water floods down to where your ride is and all that kind of stuff. It's right. It's super impressive really cool. because it just shows his passion for like the Hollywood experience. Yeah. Honestly, I think he, that part of even the Transformers film and stuff, see spectacle, he can do that really well. And I think he actually does it really well where 
I kind of like watching the explosions in this film. I think that's the thing. Like for for me, like it falls apart at the Transformers films because they're not practical. Yeah, because you have the practical edge. explosions, yeah. but then everything else on top of it takes away. Yeah, the big dumb CG robots really ruin my ability to enjoy <laughs> those films. Yeah. Did you see Bumblebee? No, but that's not Michael Bay one, um, though. But, Michael... but he, was a producer, he was a producer on it. Okay. And you can see the Michael Bayness in it, but it's done in a really nice way of they use his style of action. Right. But everything's really contained. So... You get a couple of big explosions at the beginning because of Cybertron and then when Bumblebee comes to Earth. But then that completely dies away for ages. And then you have the director who'd done Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, right. So it's like a proper animation director. So you'll get... Yeah, so you see so much emotion in Bumblebee. Wow. It's so good. Considering Bumblebee's just eyes, really. Yeah. And but it's just no some... voice. <laughs> Yeah, it's just these small movements because he doesn't speak for a chunk of it, actually, because you find out him getting his voice box broke. Right. But what happens is because he toned down the spectacle, there's a big scene with Bumblebee in a house, breaking the house, like they did in Transformers where they break up the garden. But because the spectacle was turned down so much, that scene was actually quite powerful and really funny. Right. And then when the spectacle came in in the big fight at the end, it, it wasn't jarring. It didn't take away because it built up to it. Because they kept away the big fight. It's like I yeah. think there was only like three Transformers in it. The whole film. Oh, okay. Like the main, see, see, like the main Transformers in the on Earth. I'm pretty sure it was three. So they managed to actually so handle it pretty well then. Yeah, I think to, if he's like, what was I thinking of? Like, remember what the original Thor movie? Like, you remember at the end of that how it just felt so yeah, tacky yeah. because it like it was just kind of like here's this big bad that came like there's no easing into mm-hmm. it it just looks so out of place walking around this tiny little like backwaters town blowing stuff up there's no sense of scale or like yeah like actual threat so yeah, because even up. before that when you've seen thor yeah as thor the battles only that big then they were like you had them in the, the ice giants but they were still mm-hmm. kind of almost just viking s with magic Yes. And then that came around and was like, no, I have a face that's a laser. <laughs> and I can make a tornado. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. It was very yeah, anime it, in the middle of nothing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, whereas I found it with the Bumblebee one, it made sense because right. they had rockets and stuff because they're Transformers. Yep. But they reserved it until they needed to use it. Okay. And I liked that. I think that's how it's done. So just for anybody who ends up listening, the clickety-clackety that you're hearing right now is because my dog won't sit down. Because <laughs> I'm not giving him attention. Podcast, that's what it is. Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, why are you not paying attention to me? <laughs> I think he may be like, you came home and went straight onto the microphone and you did not pay attention to me, so I'm going to annoy <laughs> oh, you now. Well, I know, poor, poor dog. I think that might be my sign. Yeah, maybe Sadly, it's time to just wrap it up and go take the dog yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a lot of fun discussing theories of God and Michael Bay's performance record. Yeah, I I think next week I'm going to pick an Alex Schwarzenegger film, so I don't leave with my brain busting. Excellent. (laughs) We'll have to pick one that's like like, deeply psychological, so it'll be like uh, Commando. 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 (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a happy medium in the. Total Recall or something like that, because that's got a bit of psychological. Like, no, we'll, we'll see. Like, was see, he really dreaming? Was he on Mars? Yeah. What's happening? No, I think I think I need to cleanse my palate. Okay, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'll cleanse my. Yeah, palate. So possibly Commando next week. So 
I want to say thank you to you, Mark, for coming along. It's always yeah. good to have you here and have a blather. Yep, that was fantastic. Thanks again for having me. Uh, always fun. So till next time, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.